electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, big news about Eli Lilly's COVID-19 treatments. Because this is already authorized, this is really adding more support to potential use of these antibody drugs. And an optimistic vaccine timeline from Dr. Scott Gottlieb. I still think that eligibility is going to be wide open sometime in April. People will be able to go online, get an appointment. Doesn't mean everyone will get vaccinated in April, but it's going to be wide open. Plus, Tesla's on a wild ride, inflation concerns, and gaming goes social. Online platform Roblox has built a world and a business valued at nearly $30 billion. The only conversation that happens in the Sorkin family is about Roblox. Of all the things they're going to play, I'm kind of psyched about this. At least you figure out how to build things. Builder Man, Roblox CEO David Bazuski on its debut day. It's a unique category because it allows people to come together even when they're not together in real life and do things together. It's Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. First up today on the podcast, the markets and understanding a certain divide. The anticipated $1.9 trillion stimulus package set for House passage today and a recent rise in bond yields due to expectation of inflation, higher prices, have worked together to create something of a market split in the last few days as investors favor stocks tied to a recovering economy. Think industrials, construction, over the tech stocks that shined during the pandemic think all the stuff that powered our stay-at-home lives. Yesterday, though, technology growth stocks roared back, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq rose 3.7 percent, its best day since November. It had actually fallen into correction territory just the day prior. That means a drop of 10 percent or more from recent highs. Tesla surged 19.6 percent. Apple and Facebook each rose by more than 4 percent, and Amazon gained 3.8 percent. So Tesla, treasuries, meme stocks... It all combines to create a dramatic market menu. And for a helpful shorthand, Joe, Becky, and Andrew are watching a certain list of data points each day to understand the markets. Five data points, to be exact, all stacked up. We had the squawk stack that Joe called for. Here's what we set up in that stack of pancakes, IHOP, go ahead, get it running. You have the Dow, the NASDAQ, the 10-year, Bitcoin, and GameStop. Well, what do you think, guys? Anything we should change to this today? I'd add Tesla just to see what happens. I said keep GameStop because uh, we're almost back to 300 on GameStop. It's almost 20 billion. uh, It's almost 20 billion on GameStop. What's the upper limit on how many things we can put in this stack? I think that's it right there. If we put Tesla in, we have to take something out. You got to knock something out. Yeah. So what would you knock out? I would almost put Tesla in instead of Bitcoin today. Because Tesla, you know, it's very yeah. similar if yeah. you're watching Tesla or Bitcoin to watch or any of those day. things. That's right. I admit, but we don't know. The 10-year yeah. we're going to need to watch. NASDAQ, you got to keep. People think we should have the, uh, the S&P in there. I had an idea, and, and it was generated by a, a smart Twitter person. Now we need a, a Squawk Stack SPAC that, that helps us invest in Squawk <laughs> Stack. 
And I'm trying to think of who we want yeah. to go to. And uh, you can I, have I thought, a non-fungible thought, token that we could sell. We could put that in. But I, I want, I, I was thinking Farley. Farley knows how to do it. But Danny Andrew, I thought, you know, we should get, if we really want some big fees to get rich, let's get Chamath to really juice up those fees for us <laughs> so that we can totally take it to, to right? You, you know all the, the SPAC types. Who, what, who should help us with this, do you think? The squawk? We should it's, have it's what they're calling now a... Swaps Joe, back they stack. now have something called a they have something called a spack off, which instead of a bake off for for sale of a company, it's now a spack off. I almost so got in trouble with that yesterday up. talking about things like we, that. Spack off. Well, but we off. should <laughs> we should be a uh, we could put ourselves up for auction and have a spack off, and pe- the, all the spacks can come. Stop it and Stop uh, saying- do a dance in front of us, <laughs> and and then we can we can decide who who to take. We can also do an ETF while back we're off. at it with this. We could do we could we could right. we could do some kind of ETF that Doesn't mixes all of these well. things together. Well, but you know, stack. Portnoy is doing that with his buzz, yeah. his, his buzz ETF. I feel like I feel like all we right. should be doing both, frankly. You know, more the merrier. Box ETF. Well, you know, or I, not. I know how. Yeah, or not. Maybe we better uh, just watch these things. Better do the news. instead of us getting like financially involved in anything, probably not a great, uh, probably not a great idea. Although everyone else seems to be doing it, uh, you know, getting yeah. financially involved we, and then. Which may also not be a great idea. Depending like your mother said, if everybody else was jumping off a bridge, would you jump off the bridge too? Right. That water's <laughs> cold. Maybe Roblox is eventually going to be on the squawk stack, depending on what happens today. Is that, Unbelievable. Is that what we're thinking? Um, it's going I public. Mean, the it, now, it's online gaming. Will they have to deal with GameStop since GameStop is now going to control all online gaming? Is that, uh, it, it must be, that must be what's going to no. happen to be worth $20 Thank billion. You. Huh? What? Yeah, anyway, no. The, 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 right the ultimate... They are the ultimate direct-to-consumer product. I don't think they'll ever be going through GameStop. How do you, do you get, get $20 game- billion if it's direct-to-consumer? You know, if, if that's the way we're going, are we, which way are we going? That's this way question. or that way? I think we're going the Roblox way. I can well, tell you, by the problem. way, there's, huh? there's lots. Occasionally, I tell, I tell the kids what we're doing tomorrow, like what's going to be on the show, who the guests are going to be. And they're trading? No, no. Oh, okay. Today, right, the, they, they're, you know, and... They want they want this guy's autograph, meaning the only really? conversation that happens in the Sorkin family is about Roblox it, it constantly. I mean, we almost wanted to stop the conversation because it's just incessant. My, I have one son who's trying to develop games. I have another who's just playing them. And we're obviously we're trying to stop, stop them from playing. And it's not Brick Breaker. It's, it's other stuff. It's uh, there's new stuff out there. All, all sorts of games. I don't know. Becky, do you are you you guys playing Roblox no. in the in the yeah, quick, quick Kyle's house? big into it. Kyle's big into it. He's built oh, a million Scott. different things. I don't even understand how it works, but he has built some beautiful. And I have to say, of all the things they're going to play, I'm kind of psyched about this. At least you can figure out how to build things. That's, that's true. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll find out. I'll do some research at home uh, on this. Um, it's going to list directly, by the way, on the New York Stock Exchange uh, after deciding against a traditional IPO. That means shares are going to begin trading uh, without the company raising any capital, Roblox changed its IPO plans after a new infusion of venture capital, VC funds, $520 million in early January. The NYSE set a reference price, so-called reference price, of $45 for the stock. And it's got uh, a ticker you could probably figure out, RBLX. 
And people with tween children may already, as we just or, or if they're precocious younger ones that may be familiar with this company already, it's a free online platform that features tens of millions of multiplayer games made by its own players with tools the company provides. The company has nearly 33 million daily active users, 54% of which are under the age of 13. That is unbelievable. It, it generated $924 million in revenue in 2020, up from, oh, from about 490,000 daily paying users. I've been fascinated by this company for a long time, and um, he's going to make a lot of money today. These kids are all trying to make Robux. They're not trying yeah. to make dollar, uh, real bucks. They, they make something called Robux. But uh, in our family, this is... Uh, wow. So this that's is how the, whole, the New York the whole Times... Whole star- that, that's how they start with our kids. That's great. That's really great. A big part of the dramatic market story of Pandemic 2020 and GameStoppy 2021 is the rise of the retail investor, the little guy. Senator Pat Toomey, Republican of Pennsylvania, is ranking member of the Senate Banking Committee, which had its own hearing yesterday. Uh, The Banking, Housing, Urban Affairs Committee will come to order. Uh, This hearing is in the virtual format on the GameStop phenomenon. Toomey says he welcomes stock trading apps that make investing seem more approachable, rejecting complaints by some that brokerages like Robinhood have led to the so-called gamification of the equity market. Toomey made these comments yesterday on our Squawk Box TV broadcast. There's a lot of criticism about gamification, as you know, the idea that um, you make the experience of investment enjoyable and easy is somehow a problem for some folks, not for me. There's the suggestion that because GameStop is obviously overpriced, the SEC should do something about stopping people from investing in it. Well, I I don't know, was Tesla fairly fairly priced at 1,500 times earnings? Is it fairly priced today at at 1,000 times earnings? I don't know, neither does the SEC. Neither of us should be telling people what they can buy and what they can't buy. So for approachable stocks, including the popular tech names that rebounded yesterday, let's get back to Becky Quick. Let's talk Tesla. The stock rebounded in a big way yesterday, jumping by nearly 20 percent. It snapped a five-day losing streak and added about $75 billion to the company's market cap in one day. Helping, move the, helping this move higher was an upgrade from the new street research from neutral to buy with a price target increase to $900 all the way from 578 So it wasn't just the pullback they were seeing, but again, huge jump yesterday. What do you guys, speaking of Tesla, what do you guys think of Toomey yesterday? Were we nodding in agreement or was that like an outlier? In terms of when what he, he said, said. When he said, who's to say where GameStop should be? Look at where Tesla no, is. I, I, What's 100%. the difference? Which stock yeah. is overvalued and which isn't? That's weird that a, a yeah. necessarily a, a Republican senator would say that. I, I, I think there's a difference, Look, he's, isn't he's, there? Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we well, need to... It, I, it, it, who's to say? I, I think his point is a fair one. Who is to say what's fair valued and what's overvalued if there's a market for it? That's why there's a market. There are always two sides in a market. Somebody who thinks it's undervalued, somebody who thinks it's overvalued. I, I, it's kind of refreshing to think that there's a, you know, a potential regulator or somebody who could be writing some of the rules who thinks that, too. It's not like, necessarily their job to figure that out. It's not using any... Uh, maybe the, our thinking is totally wrong then. I mean, on the one hand, you got... You know, the the uh, Kathy Woods view that the entire world is, you know, is going to be in this like Tesla sort of 
uh, mode with, you know, you're getting your electricity from your solar panels, which are going into your electric car, which change it. And then you got another thing that looks to most people like it's being totally disrupted, jinx up by a, a complete. So you got one that's on this incredible ascent and you can make a case for as a dream stock, as a story stock. And you got the other one where it's so hard other than chewy. You can't figure out what the real sizzle is for, for GameStop. It's just weird. I, but to being totally objective, I guess he's, he's right. Who are we to say which one is, is more of a dream stock? Tell me, Andrew, which, which has more potential, GameStop or Tesla? Of course, one's $20 billion. Would think, one's, tw- one's $20 billion and one's, you know, a trillion or was a trillion. Of I would think Tesla. I mean, doesn't it, but doesn't this feel like, I mean, Henry, we've had Henry Blodgett on. This feels like... 97, 98, 99, there's a dream going on. And by the way, the dream may not be wrong insofar as, you know, the Internet became obviously a very big deal, and it, but it took a while. And there right. were bumps along the way, and some companies uh, are still here very much today, and some companies aren't. So that's, well, I'm, that's I, the game. I'm right now bidding against Becky on the, on the Gronk collection of the NFT football, all of the Super Bowl moments. I'm trying to... I, I, I still don't get the NFTs. I had a conversation with Glenn Hutchins after the show yesterday. And again, I give him total props because he is a digital pioneer. And he figures the stuff out. But I, personally, I wouldn't pay for... An NFT. You listen yeah, to Glenn. But, you but didn't listen again, to me with. I tend, and, to, be, I tend I told, to be more conservative. Remember Andreessen and Teal? I told you about all those guys with Bitcoin. And, and Glenn Hutchins is the guy you decide to listen to on that? Look, I will hand it to all of them. I still don't. It, it's not something I would invest in. It's not. But I am right. more conservative. So I get it. All right. All right. But if you're conservative, you should worry about the Fed printing all this money. And then now you're back to digital, maybe. Anyway. <laughs> Coming up on Squawk Pod, just another step in the road out of the pandemic. Eli Lilly is out with some great news about COVID-19 treatments. We'll talk to Dr. Scott Gottlieb. I think all along there's been sufficient evidence in the setting of a crisis to support these drugs. We had evidence that they were effective. We know they're largely safe. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning. Welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross, working along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. Joe? Thanks, Andrew. Breaking news from Eli Lilly on its antibody cocktail for COVID. And Meg Terrell joins us now with more. Let's hear it, Meg. Hey, Joe, more news supporting uh, the benefits of these drugs. Uh, This combination cocktail uh, from Eli Lilly of two antibodies was shown in a late stage trial to reduce the risk of hospitalizations and deaths by 87 percent. It was given in the setting uh, for which it is authorized. People uh, early in the course of the disease who are at high risk of severe disease Uh, So folks who are recently diagnosed. Uh, And so because this is already authorized, this is really adding more support to potential use of these antibody drugs. But as we know, guys, it's been difficult for many patients to get access to them. Um, Supply is increasing, so that is uh, less of a problem now. It's really finding the access to these antibody drugs. Um, Both Eli Lilly's and Regeneron's are authorized 
uh, for use here in the United States. And the supports in the right setting early in the course of disease, uh, it can reduce the risk of progressing to severe disease uh, and death. Guys? This is, uh, yeah, question. this is this is further uh, further news. And this is the one that, that we, we had the, the discussions about home infusion and how to do it because it's for serious people, but it can only be, it's got to be given early and can be given in a hospital. So it, it's kind of like a catch-22. Uh, this is uh, this is the Lily version, which, as you said, was a cocktail. It's a couple. I think Gottlieb called it a couple of epitopes or epitopes from the Latin. No, epitopes. And the Regeneron is uh, the Regeneron is a single, I think. And Regeneron is the one that President former President Trump got. Right? Is that or is Regeneron a, a cocktail too? Thing. They're both cocktails? Regeneron is a cocktail. So Lily started with a single antibody. Oh, Regeneron this, then, went cocktail the entire time. I see. Yeah. Okay. And so now this is the, the sort of later stage version of the Lily drug, which combines two different antibodies. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so now we've got two cocktails out there, you know, and that's thought to be a, a stronger approach. And right. you know, one of the interesting it, things about the cocktail approach Regeneron took was to avoid the idea that the virus could get around it. Uh, yeah. Now with Lily one, we have seen that it is susceptible to the B1351 variant, but against <laughs> B117, oh uh, it God. still looks pretty good. You rattle those off, you don't even have notes for those. So those are the two, uh, the two variants. And, and so... So Trump got a single, oh no, Trump got the cocktail. No, Trump got the Regeneron, Regeneron cocktail. cocktail. Yeah, so he okay. got both. Okay, all right. All right, so that's more, more of that. And now we just got to figure out how to identify people and get them into a setting where they can get it, right? Yeah, get testing worked out quickly. And, you know, it's within, within the first 10 days of symptom onset uh, for high-risk folks who should be getting these antibodies. So figuring out that system could be really helpful. And the news today is it, it, does, it works. It, well, it was an under emergency use is that we already had a, a way to do it. But now we're getting closer to like, to like a full approval, I guess, at some point, right? Possibly. I mean, these phase three results are typically what you look for to be able to file for full approval. Uh, okay. And so it, it got the emergency use authorization on earlier data. And, and these are uh, a bigger study, um, you know, yeah. hundreds of patients uh, showing that the dosage levels at which it's approved reduces deaths and hospitalizations by 87 percent. Okay. I just wanted you to give me the thumbs up on, yeah, we should approve it, May. But you're, you're not a, you're not an FDA panel. You don't you're, you're probably not. An, I mean, they haven't should, chosen an FDA commissioner yet, but I don't think I have the qualifications. <laughs> All right, Meg, thanks. We have. <laughs> We're going to speak to someone who, who, who probably could just give it a thumbs up, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, about the news uh, and much more. Talk about Maryland, places uh, uh, opening up. I don't know. Is Easter going to be an actual holiday this year? Beck, what do you think? I think it's probably a better proclamation than last year when it was declared the opening time. I know. I, know. I realize now that I've been doing this, this, having fun with basketball for a while, because you know what I remember? I remember when March it was... No. Uh, no, there was no March Madness. But I remember a year ago, yeah. I was watching a game, and they didn't come out for the second half. For the they second half. It, That's when they canceled it, right in the yes. middle of it, right? And I, it was, and I, I was yeah. watching it, and it, it, it had what to be... What game was that? Because I was thinking about that the other day. I don't remember. There's been so many. <laughs> there's been so many, but they did not come out for the second half. Everybody just went home, and it never right. resumed. That it, was it, the it was, end of live sports. Right. 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 It was a Saturday, right? I remember... I, 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 I think I, maybe, I think I think maybe it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. this year's good. We're we're going to be back, and we'll, we'll do the Buffett thing and everything. I'm going to do it. You know, I've had so much experience. I think maybe I can do that. That get all of them right with Warren and win like a gazillion dollars. Oh, choosing the entire bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because I've seen I've seen almost every team I'll now. I'll take the under play. on that. 
And there's not even points involved. All I got to do is pick the winner. I it think doesn't I can matter do it. what you know and how red in, uh, red in you are. Haven't you learned that yet? I will take the other side of that. Win, you think you can get win, all 64 right? Win. I don't. Big win last night. Big triple parlay win last night. $5 turned into $42. Yes. Anyway. Ooh, so big winner. Yeah. yeah. All right. Joining us right now is Dr. Scott Gottlieb. He's the former FDA commissioner and a CNBC contributor. And he also serves on the boards of Illumina and Pfizer. And, and Dr. Gottlieb, Really amazing news to hear this. It's already been authorized. But I think the big issue is um, people aren't using these drugs. I, I personally have tried to get a few people to, who have come down with COVID to go ahead and, and go in for this. And it's really complicated. It's hard to get the doctors to consider it. And people don't particularly want to go into a hospital to, to, get, um, to get an infusion, especially when it's early on and they aren't feeling all that sick. How do we get over some of that? Yeah, that, that's all right. Um, it's been difficult to get these drugs used. We made some mistakes in terms of how we distributed them. We distributed them through hospitals. They're really outpatient drugs, and we needed to figure out a way from the outset on how to f- distribute these drugs through outpatient clinics and outpatient settings. And there's also been reluctance among doctors. There's been a handful of um, thought leaders in the field who've been reluctant to uh, promote the drugs, reluctant to prescribe the drugs, arguing that there wasn't enough evidence to support their use. I think all along there's been sufficient evidence in the setting of a crisis to support these drugs. We had evidence that they were effective. We know they're largely safe. There's a good theoretical basis on why antibody drugs should work in this setting. It's sort of well established in in medicine and other settings with Ebola and other kinds of therapeutics that we've been able to uh, develop against viruses. And so I think this is going to push it over the edge in terms of doctors now recognizing that these can provide a benefit. And some of the issues around the delivery are getting worked out, but it's unfortunate because a lot of people who could have been benefiting from these drugs probably didn't get them. Is this a fixable problem? You you think this is something that is is going to jump those hurdles, especially the idea of thinking, okay, I'm going to make sure that I don't have to go to the hospital for COVID by going to the hospital now and getting an infusion. Yeah, look, I think it is fixable. It's getting fixed. It's been slow. But, you know, it's hindsight's 2020. Looking back, these drugs would have been really uh, beneficial at the peak of the epidemic when we didn't have a vaccine. You had a lot of high-risk individuals getting sick. Now you have fewer high-risk individuals getting sick because we are rolling out the vaccine. But th- there's still a place for these drugs. There's still people who could benefit from these drugs, either because they didn't get vaccinated, they're at high risk and didn't get vaccinated, got infected, or even people who did get vaccinated who, can, who get symptomatic anyway way who are at high risk of a bad COVID outcome, these antibodies can still provide an additional benefit. So there's still a place for these drugs. I would expect them to be used. This data is fairly definitive now. There's now a a rich body of data. All the trials we've turned over on these drugs have shown um, a benefit from these. It's not just the Lilly drug, also the Regeneron antibody. We were worried that we would lose these drugs as P1351, the Brazilian variant and the South African variant, became more prevalent. They haven't become that prevalent yet, so these drugs are still going to be effective against the strains that are circulating here in the United States. Scott, we now have 61 million Americans who have gotten at least one shot. That's 24 percent of the U.S. adult population, which is great news. Is this progressing at the pace you had expected to make sure that we're we're more likely to be able to get everybody vaccinated by May? Yeah, I think so. I I was saying by the end of March, we'd probably be able to vaccinate 100 million Americans, get at least one shot in 100 million Americans. I think we're still going to get close to doing that. We'll probably fall a little bit short, um, but that was always a stretch goal. I think we'll get to 150 million Americans. I think above that, it's going to be tough. We'll have to really you know, market the vaccine and try to coax people to get vaccinated, especially against the backdrop of declining prevalence heading into the spring and the summer. People are going to be less motivated to go get vaccinated. A lot of people will just say, look, I'll wait until the fall, especially younger, healthier people 
who are the folks who are going to be opening up eligibility to. I still think that eligibility is going to be wide open sometime in April. People will be able to go online, get an appointment. doesn't mean everyone will get vaccinated in April, but it's going to be wide open. And I still think the issue is going to become demand. Supply is ramping quickly. Um, we're seeing, you know, good, pretty good uptake among the older population. We vaccinate now about 60 percent of those above the age of 65, about 70 percent of those above the age of 75. That's pretty good uptake. Um, now, we'll, you know, people are starting to go in with more targeted efforts to try to go into hard to reach communities and get elderly individuals um, vaccinated. We'll pick up some more percentages by doing that. But we've had pretty good uptake among older Americans. I mean, that's unbelievable, Scott, that, and, and we got to go, but that we're going to flip from people are, are want to get it so badly right now and it's so difficult. And we're actually going to get it to where that flips to where we're we're begging people to get it. There will. That is crazy that that, that will actually happen at a point in time. And, and you predict that that will happen. It will happen. We're already seeing Amazing. some states. Alaska just opened up eligibility to everyone 16 and above. You know, within a month, I think we're going to see that flip and, and we're going to see demand. Begging we're people see supply to get it. Demand. For, instead of begging to get it, begging people. Educating people. <laughs> yeah, but, trying no, to I know. People. But instead of people begging to get it, we're going to be begging people, please get it. That's crazy. It's just please. crazy that point Understand in time. Will it, it, it will flip. Thanks. Uh, sorry. Scott, very quickly. We, we really Thanks have to run, but very quickly. We have seen the cases, the testing come down, and there are some people out there that say, hey, the reason you don't have more tests right now, or more cases right now is because the tests are down. That's not necessarily the case. Testing right? hasn't come down. No, a lot of, there's, there's actually more testing being done. A lot of it's being done in the outpatient setting and isn't getting captured. But when people test positive, okay. they reflex the PCR and then it gets captured. So testing isn't down. Thank you. Put that to, put that to rest. Thank Thanks. you, and we will see you soon. And today's edition of the Healthy Returns live stream, Meg Terrell is going to speak to Dr. Luciana Borio, former FDA acting chief scientist, and Dr. Gottlieb. We got him first, but uh, big conversation you don't want to miss. You can visit cnbcevents.com slash healthy returns live to register. Next on Squawk Pod, a future of screens, but not of solitude. CEO of gaming platform Roblox on the world he and his users are building, literally. We're in a whole new category. We sometimes call it the human co-experience category. Some people refer to this as the future metaverse category. We'll be right back. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin. 
Today is the Wall Street debut for video game company Roblox. It's happening via direct listing on the New York Stock Exchange. The exchange set a reference price of $45 a share, valuing Roblox at about $30 billion. Joining us first on CNBC is Roblox founder and CEO David Bazuki, uh, known in my house as Builder Man. David, you know this. Uh, I, I, all we talk about in my household with my children is your company. They're more excited about this interview than any other interview I think we've ever done on Squawk. So uh, you've got that going for you. Uh, congratulations on, uh, on the listing today. Let's talk about the story, though, and, and what happens to this company in a post-pandemic world. You've had incredible growth. This was a company that was valued at just $4 billion basically a year ago, now worth uh, $30 billion. Uh, the revenue has also been on fire, but of course, uh, losses pile up at the same time. T- tell us how you're thinking about what this, this company even looks like a year from now, given uh, how unique this past 12 and 18 month period has been. Hey, first, Andrew, thanks for having us on the show. And what a great day for the Roblox community as well. We know a lot are watching us. And we're just so grateful to be here and we appreciate it. Um, we hope COVID ends as soon as possible. We want to get back to normal. Roblox has been growing for 15 years, driven by our community, driven by the, the awesome content, driven by our creators, and driven by the ability for people to do things together. That's a long-term growth path, and we believe that continues forward even after COVID. So what do you think the, the user growth looks like, let's say, a year or two out from now? And let's also talk about monetization over that period, because one of the things that I think you've, you've said in the, in the prospectus itself is that one of the risks is that in a post-pandemic world, you're not sure you're going to make as much money. Yeah. So first off, uh, our users have been growing virally, as I said. And what's really exciting is a lot of the stuff we've seen in COVID, Roblox being used to bring people together. I'm chatting with Bobby, our camera person, and Hi to your daughter, Bobby, who's used Roblox to stay connected during the middle of this. A lot of that's going to continue going forward. So we're very optimistic about the growth. And on the monetization, what's really exciting about Roblox is it's free for most people, but people who want to and who are interested can use our virtual economy. That virtual economy has also been scaling with our user and engagement growth, and we're very optimistic about it. And in terms of uh, developers, and, and full disclosure, my son, who's 10 years old, is developing on your platform right now, and he's trying to make some Robux constantly. Uh, we have debates about that. By the way, I should say, he thinks that because of this, this offering, you should be giving out Robux, extra Robux to all the developers as part of it. He, 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 we were talking about how Airbnb uh, uh, set, some, uh, set some of the offering aside. That's, that's just his own suggestion. I'm supposed to tell you that. But... Um, David, the, the question that I'd ask is just what you think the, the risk is uh, or how you see the playing field in terms of how kids who are developing a Roblox, uh, Roblox today, uh, whether you think that they then later on go to a competing system, start developing on other systems, how you see that evolving? Yeah, so first, uh, so psyched that your son is a developer. We have an amazing creator community, millions and millions of creators. And what's What's exciting about our creator community, they're not just learning to develop, they're learning to code, they're learning STEM skills, they're learning to be artists, they're getting motivated to continue that as a path in life. 
We're, we're very optimistic about our developer community, both the origination of awesome organic new developers on the platform, but we're seeing developers come into the platform as well. So we think that's a good future for that developer and creator right. community. Straight up, just on the math, what is the path to profitability right now? Uh, really interesting, and in our prospectus, we share two different things. We share a bookings and cash flow description. We also share gap accounting, and these, this is a great educational moment for families around this. On the booking side, we generate a lot of bookings, almost $2 billion in 2020, and we generate a lot of cash. On the gap accounting side, we show revenues, which because a lot of the items purchased on Roblox in our economy are durable, we defer that revenue over 23 months. So there's, we're positive cash flow, we're making cash, and at the same time, we show revenues showing a loss right now. In terms of how, how investors should think about this company, what do you, what do you think is a fair comp? Uh, or comparable for your company? Are you, do you look at a, an Activision Blizzard, uh, or is it something very different? Uh, this is, a, in a good way, this is an exciting thing to try to comp in that we're in a whole new category. We sometimes call it the human co-experience category. Some people refer to this as the future metaverse category. It's a unique category because it allows people to come together, even when they're not together in real life, and do things together. There's an amazing amount of engagement in the category. There's elements of social connectivity, immersive 3D. But we believe it's the forging of a new category. Right. How do you think investors should think about what Roblox does relative to, example, what Epic Games does with Fortnite? Yeah, so there's so many unique things about the Roblox platform. It's driven by a creator community. All of the stuff on Roblox, the avatar items, the clothing, and all of the experiences that people are creating, created by that creator community. It's, it's a really unique aspect along with our digital economy, virtual economy, the level to which we lean into safety and civility, we believe is unique to Roblox. It's, it's the foundation of really building a civil society on our platform. And, well, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask. One of the reasons that I allow my kids on the on the platform is, for the most part, it seems to be policed uh, better than than most. But I imagine to police it costs costs money and increasing, incre you know, exponentially more money as more people come on the system because there's so many humans involved in this. How does that change over time, or does it? We're really excited uh, about the opportunities to create a civil society on Roblox. It's one of the first things Eric and I built over 15 years ago when we created Roblox. We have thousands and thousands of real people 24-7. We have automated computer systems. We're, we're, we want to be the best in the world on this to make Roblox this awesome, safe, and civil place. And we believe it scales really nicely with the business. David, I you probably didn't hear us talking the 6 o'clock hour. We are talking about GameStop at the time. Do you think the world of gaming is just all direct to consumer forever? Or do you think that there's going to be uh, in real life components to this where people go to stores and buy things that then go from being in, you know, uh, what do they call it? ILR or IRL to uh, to your system, for example. Yeah, we're, we're big believers in the all people understanding both what the physical future economy is and the digital future economy. 
We think people more and more will understand both. GameStop's a great partner. We think there's going to be a lot of people doing a lot of things in person forever. And at the same time, on platforms like Roblox, in addition to maybe reading a book or watching a video, more and more people will, when they're learning, go to ancient Rome together or rather, because we can't do it in real life. So we, we think there's a mix and that's going to go forward. You, you said GameStop is a, uh, a partner of yours. In what way, just so we know? Uh, they sell our Roblox gift cards, so uh, we appreciate that. Fair, fair enough. And final question on behalf, behalf of uh, uh, basically my wife, but also I think all parents out there. How, what, what is a fair amount of screen time? I think we're all grappling with this during this, this pandemic. That's a family-based question. Uh, we've had our own family discussions around this. It's changed with our kids. I feel it's a, a decision every family has to make. We're excited that Roblox screen time is very social and can bring people together. So it's really every family needs to make that call. Well, okay, then, David, what is your what is your family policy? Well, I, uh, it changed over time, and I feel we, we started pretty strict and we loosened up over time. Well, that, that's what's going on in our family at the moment. But, uh, David, we wish you lots of luck with this. Uh, I tell you, my kids wish you lots of luck with this. And uh, we'll talk to you. And hope, hope we'll, hopefully we'll see you in person very soon, if not online. Yeah, I wish we Your were username is Builderman, and, and, and he, they follow you to find you playing games on there. So appreciate it. Joe? Yeah, Andrew. Uh, you're, you're, you're so deadpan. You never make it. So GameStop can benefit from Roblox because... They sell gift cards. <laughs> okay. And did you like, did you not like that? It's, oh, 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 well, hey, that's uh, awesome. So they're selling stuff to get even more into Roblox. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody listens to podcasts. Like your mother said, if everybody else was jumping off a bridge, would you jump off the bridge too? We'll meet you back here tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 